0: This is Incredible Stories Podcast, Episode 30, The Daring Aeronautics of Sophie Blanchard. Hello everyone, it's time for another Incredible Stories podcast. I'm Josh Vierla, your tropospheric host, and thanks for being here. As always, if you like this episode, make sure to let me know on either of our various social media platforms, I'll reference those later, or you can send me an email at contact at But you're here for an incredible story, and I have one for you today. I'll be sharing with you the tale of Sophie Blanchard, the first female aeronaut. Be it Astro, Cosmo, Aqua, or Chrono, adding a knot to the end of what you do makes it sound cooler. But what is an aeronaut? Well, an aeronaut is someone who traverses in an airship or balloon. And for this podcast, I'm going to make a distinction between aeronauts who fly untethered and pilot a craft versus just a passenger. But our girl Sophie was not only a pioneer in ballooning, she paved the way for female pilots by amazing crowds with her courage and leading people to ponder the possibilities of the Mile High Club. Here's what I know. Sophie Blanchard, also known as Marie Blanchard and various other aliases, was born in 1778 as Madeleine Sophie Armand in cheery France, where she grew up eating baguettes and, I assume, practicing her miming techniques while eating cheeses. She did this until she got to marrying age, of course. And the exact date of her marriage is uncertain, but around 1794, 1797, or 1804. It seems they didn't bother keeping good marriage records at the time in France, but most people lean toward the date of 1804. But anyways, she got married to a fellow by the name of Jean-Pierre Blanchard, and he would set her on course to her ballooning pursuits. How? Well, you see, Jean-Pierre Blanchard wasn't just some smelly rude French guy. He was an inventor and pioneer in ballooning flight himself. He and his partner, John Jeffries, were the first to fly a balloon across the English Channel in 1784. He was also the first person to balloon in America in 1793 in Philadelphia, which George Washington was witness to. And he was first to fly balloons in Germany, Belgium, and Switzerland, as well as many other achievements. Pierre was one of the, if not THE leading balloonist in all of Europe, and many consider him the first professional balloonist. But you're not here for his incredible story. You want Sophie. I hear ya. But first, let me give you a little background on ballooning. There are basically two types of balloons. Hot air balloons and gas balloons. The main difference is that hot air balloons use a burner to heat air inside the balloon to create lift. And they also need a fuel supply for the fire, of course. Gas balloons, on the other hand, use no burner, but can stay aloft longer. There are some other minor differences, but I'll link those in the show notes if you're curious. And here are some of the important events in ballooning. In 1766, hydrogen was discovered. This is an important element in gas ballooning. It is, after all, the lightest element. And in August of 1783, Jacques Charles launched the first unmanned hydrogen balloon. It traveled 15 miles and reached an altitude of 3,000 feet. Impressive! No one was in this, though. Now, the first balloons sent animals up in baskets to see if it was safe for people, much like we did with the space program. And in October, the first human tethered flight was achieved. But in November of 1783, the first untethered man flight in a balloon took place in Paris, thus giving rise to the first male aeronaut. The Montgolfier brothers built a balloon from paper and silk, and it flew for 22 minutes, but it was piloted by, and forgive my French pronunciations in this episode, Jean-Francois Palatre de Rozier and the Marquis François Laurent de Arlandes. They were the first true aeronauts, as they were untethered pilots, not passengers. And the Montgolfier balloon was of the hot air variety. Now, this flight reached a height of 500 feet and landed after six miles of travel in a vineyard. And the people who witnessed this balloon on their property were kind of scared of this thing. Rosier and de Arlandes were flying a fire-breathing entity, so naturally the people figured them to be dragons. But nothing a little champagne couldn't fix, though. The champagne tradition is unique to ballooning, and this is where the pilot of a balloon will offer a bottle of champagne to the landowner of whose property they just landed on. This tradition started on this first flight. Kind of neat. Oh, and incidentally, Rozier would later go on to become the first known air crash fatality along with his companion Pierre Romain in 1785. But let's get back to Sophie. You see, with a husband like Pierre Blanchard, you obviously would be sucked into the profession, and Sophie made her first balloon flight in 1804. She became very adept at assisting him in aeronautics, but it was evident she was hooked on the thrills and danger of flight via balloons. In 1807, while flying with her husband, she experienced a crash in which her husband received head injuries, and she was rendered mute for a short time due to the shock of this experience. But don't worry, she recovered and continued ballooning. But in 1808... Pierre suffered a heart attack while flying over the Hague, and he fell about 50 feet and suffered major injuries. These injuries he never recovered from, and he died as a result about a year later. This left Sophie widowed and in debt. What's a girl to do? Well, she knew how to balloon, and being the infancy of flight, any aeronaut was a spectacle to be seen and made anyone brave enough to dare the air a celebrity. So Sophie took up ballooning and carried on the famous Blanchard name selling tickets to her ballooning shows. Now, to be clear, Sophie wasn't the first woman to fly in an untethered balloon. That distinction goes to Elizabeth Thiblet of France, who did this in 1784. She was not, however, a pilot, though. She was just a passenger. But Sophie was the first woman to make ballooning her career, becoming the first female solo balloon pilot. Or let's just call her an aeronaut, because that sounds cooler. Everywhere Sophie went, she would draw massive crowds and onlookers. You have to keep in mind, at this time, human flight was not commonplace. Only birds and demons could fly. So every flight was a miraculous sight to be seen. The early aeronauts would sell tickets to their flights, and as with any show, the pilots-slash-performers looked to make it more and more entertaining. Now, it is said that, on the ground, Sophie was quite the timid true and nervous Nelly. She had various fears and startled easily. She had a particular phobia of riding in a horse-drawn carriage. But ah, in the air, she was the epitome of bravery and never did she want to disappoint her fans. In 1810, her brash aeronautics found her performing an edgy feat in Frankfurt, Germany. You see, it was the hour of one of her eagerly awaited flights and she realized her balloon was leaking hydrogen, which is a problem because if you lose too much hydrogen, you wouldn't be able to ascend to the sky. So, knowing she had to get up fast and with less weight, she promptly detached the balloon's basket, which left only a slim hoop that secured the balloon's netting dangling beneath the actual balloon. The balloon took off, and she balanced precariously on it while she and her balloon crossed the mine River, not once, but twice over the span of 4 hours and 25 miles. Now, one thing to keep in mind, the higher you go, the colder it gets. So eventually, freezing temperatures forced her to land. I looked into it a bit, and the air temperature gets to be about freezing between 6 and 8,000 feet. This badass was standing on a metal hula hoop 8,000 feet above people. I don't even like getting on high ladders. Geez, this chick had balls, but... This wasn't the first time she would face freezing temperatures. So let me just explain a little bit the uh, balloons and how they were constructed, right? So you have the balloon envelope and that had netting over the top of it, which attached to a gondola underneath it. And that's where the person would sit. So that was removed on this particular flight. And just the ring that held the netting on the balloon was what she was standing on. So, ever one to press her limit, she would routinely reach altitudes where the freezing temperature would threaten her life. Not only that, but the air is thin up there, so she experienced passing out due to lack of oxygen on several occasions. And balloons of this time were also still prone to crashing. New technology and all, right? Sophie once even crashed in a swamp and nearly drowned but this chick just kept on flying unfazed. In 1811 in Milan, Italy, she was again in front of a large crowd and they were getting a bit impatient for the show to start. On top of that, she had to deal with some a-hole official who was giving her a hard time. So Sophie said, F*** this I'm flying now and cut her anchoring cords and took off. But this time it was at night. Well, balloons being balloons, a strong wind carried her from Milan over the 9,500-foot-high Apennine Mountains to the coast of Genoa, about 90 miles away. This happened in about an hour, so she was really moving, but she eventually managed to anchor her balloon to a tree branch, thus keeping her from going back into the clouds. Her balloon was latched to one of the many trees in the forest of the mountain village of Mont Bruno. Here, she spent the night in her balloon. Now, this was a small town. Today, it only has a population of 235 people. And of course, back in 1811, it was very remote and rural. Well, by the morning, the farmers of the area discovered this balloon, and word began to spread of this odd vehicle that carried some lady of the air. Local residents of the village thought she was an apparition of the Virgin Mary. Rewind. Now we here I am, with the in 1478 it is said that the Virgin Mary appeared in this very same town, and they even had a shrine built to her. Remember, no internet at this time guys, so they probably had never heard of, let alone seen a balloon before. However, things were soon cleared up, and she left the next day. Now, Sophie had been hailed as the Holy Mother and celebrated in this incident, even if it was just for a short time. But also remember, a lot of the peasants were scared of these strange new things known as balloons. In fact, earlier in 1805, after a solo flight from Toulouse, France, villagers brandished weapons at Sophie, thinking the lovely aeronaut was a demon. Dang, Jimmy, do you see that there flying thing? I sure do, Jacques. What do you reckon it is? It's coming this way faster than a snail sliming away from an escargot buffet. Shoot, well it's flying and it's powered by some human type creature. Yeah, yeah, I sees it. Dang, shot. That there's gotta be a witch. Let's get it. Viva la France. Burn it. Burn that succubus. Burn it with fire. Well, despite the threats and hazards throughout her career, Sophie managed to become the official aeronaut of none other than Napoleon Bonaparte. He made her aeronaut of the official festivals. Swanky title, Sophie. On the birth of Napoleon's son, Sophie was sent off in her balloon to throw leaflets down to the people, proclaiming his son's birth. She even may have been given the title of Chief Air Minister of Ballooning. And in this capacity, she may have even drawn up some plans for an aerial invasion of England. But this is unclear. However, Sophie was so popular that even after Napoleon's downfall in 1814, she was kept as the official aeronaut of the Restoration by King Louis XVIII. Truly Sophie had become one of the most successful balloonists not just in Europe, but the entire world and her success came from the combination of her fearlessness and her desire to please her fans. Her shows would have her throwing dolls and globes from small parachutes to the crowd. Parachute technology for full-grown people was still being tested, and Sophie took part in these tests to some extent. But the fans of the show loved getting these souvenirs. However, by 1819, in order to continue bringing in the crowds, Sophie started incorporating fireworks into her ballooning shows. Remember how I mentioned that these balloons used hydrogen? Well, hydrogen is very flammable. Dum dum dum. At 41 years old, Sophie was set to take off at Tivoli Gardens in Paris. Before the show, people mentioned she had looked a bit unsettled. And this was understandable because she was planning on using more fireworks than she had in any previous show. Small rockets and even larger fireworks that burned slower, allowing for her balloon to be illuminated against the night sky, were planned on being used to awe the spectators. The winds, however, were picking up on this evening, making her flight all the more dangerous. But not wanting to disappoint her legions of fans, she took off anyways. So, in order to light these pyrotechnics, Sophie would hold a wand that was used to ignite the flares. It isn't certain, but it is generally thought that the gas escaping from the neck of the balloon caught fire either from an errant firework or from the wand she was holding. Well, the balloon burst into flames and began to fall quickly. But because of her experience, Sophie managed to slow the fall by releasing ballast. The wind blew her into the rooftops and she eventually landed on a slanted roof of a house. The basket tipped and she was thrown out, tangled in the balloon's netting. She may have very well survived if this was her final resting spot, but she was on the rooftop for a brief moment and then suddenly fell to the ground, where she died on impact. Coincidentally, the first female aeronaut died in an air accident just like the first male aeronauts which I think is a fitting way to go for these early air devils. And that's the story of Sophie, the first female aeronaut. And now you know what I know. Wow, that was some life of high-flying adventure Sophie had. I have a few heights personally, but I have always imagined myself being a heroic air pirate flying the endless skies in an airship. But Sophie did it for real, minus the pirate part. She pushed her limits and moved man-flight along in the right direction. Without these early flight pioneers, who knows if we'd have airplanes and rockets today? At the very least, we would surely be behind in our advancements and short many incredible stories. Keep in mind, Sophie flew without fancy instruments, weather forecasts, or maps. She flew in conditions modern pilots wouldn't dare to. And yes, a lot of this was because flight was such a new thing, they didn't know better. But it was gutsy to be this type of adventurer, pioneering something man had been dreaming about for thousands of years. She and her contemporaries were winging it, and their only limitation were the edges of their abilities and their pluckiness. Sophie was a consummate professional and showed us that sometimes a person's head is better up in the clouds. And now for an equally lofty vision, and that is the haiku! (laughs) Goodbye fears and doubts. The sky begs me to stay here. Hello to the clouds. And that's all for this time, guys. Check out our main site for other Incredible Stories on incrediblestoriespodcast.com. Send me an email or Q or show suggestion at contact at incrediblestoriespodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at IncredPod. Rate us on iTunes, you know, get us seen by more people, and peep us out on YouTube and Stitcher. For Incredible Stories Podcast, I'm Josh, and remember, the journey of a thousand tales begins with the first word.